You're listening to STS Podcast. We pray that this message will encourage you and give you hope throughout this week. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to the book of John. We will be in the first chapter of John. And I want to ask that you take your note sheet and a pen and follow along with us as we, as we read God's Word, as we talk about God's Word. And I'm telling you, this is one of those chapters, this is one, a couple of verses that when I come across this in discipleship, if I'm walking some teenagers through the Word and we always start with the book of John, Man, I tell you, when I get to this part, I get really excited because this is one of those sections of Scripture that kind of gets skipped over and we just read it and we go, oh, that's kind of cool. But if you grasp what is going on here, it will shake you, it will rock you. It's one of those things that will change you. And we understand that God's Word is always changing us. And I tell you, when we get to this section, uh, we want to we dive in and see what God has for us today because you're here for a reason. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm here for a reason. And then look at your other neighbor and say, you're here for a reason. And then in the biggest smile that you can give them, the biggest smile, the biggest, don't don't cheese it, be sincere, because I know there's some fake laughs and fake smiles and all that, I get get it. But just like, let's, let's go ahead and do the fakest smile that you can give, fake smile, one, two, three. All right, now give a fake laugh on the count of three, one, two, three. (laughs) All right, so not that, that's good, that's good, all right. So that's what I don't want you to do. Those, those are the things that I don't want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. With the kindest, most gentlest smile, real smile, look at your neighbor and say, don't miss it. Go. One, two, three. Don't miss it. All right. So a couple of years back, I started hanging out with my friend Robbie, and I started hanging out with my friend Chevis. I've never heard of another name like Chevis, but it's pretty rad, and I like it. And so these two dudes are just some cool cats, and they're a lot like me. They like to do outdoorsy stuff. And so they started telling me about a place that's in the Midwest, one of these places that is in Utah that is my favorite place as of now, in the United States, they start telling me that there's these, there's these mountains that don't look like the mountains that are in Georgia. And they started telling me about these flatlands that is just not, there's nothing like it over here on the East Coast. And it's almost like desert, and it just goes for miles and miles and miles. And they started telling me about these, these trips that you can go on. And you can get in these, these like ATV kind of things. They're called razors. And, and you get on these razors and you just ride for miles. And it's like riding in a Porsche but on the dirt. And so if you're going 60 miles an hour, it feels like you're going 130. And you're just flying. I'm telling you, it, it, it sounded amazing. So they start telling me these stories. And, and, and I, I couldn't help it. I'm like, I, I got to go. Like, it's one of those things, like, when they tell me, they're like, 100, 130 miles an hour, you're going over mountains, you're going over rocks, you're rock crawling, you're rock climbing on these, these big boulders, you're like cutting it sharp, you're feeling like you're going to flip over, but you're not, you're going to go through rivers, and I'm like, man, I got to go, and, and they're like, okay, that's kind of cool, you want to go? And I'm like, yes, I want to go, and, and they're like, dude, do you want to go? And I'm like, yes, I want to go, why, why, how else do I... Yo necesito go. And like, it's one of those things like, I need to go. And so Chevis and Robbie come up to me one day and they say, go pack your bags. We're going to Moab. (laughs) Are you serious? <laughs> and so, so man, I can't tell you the excitement. I run home and I tell Megan, Megan, guess what? 
oh, I'm going to Moab. She's like, can I go? I said, no, baby, you can't. And, and I'm like, it's just the dudes. We're going out there and it's going to be awesome. She's like, okay, have fun. I'm like, sweet. I got the okay from my mom, you know, my wife, my mom. That'll be weird. So I got the okay. From, my mom said it was all right too, but I got the okay from my wife. And so we go out there. Listen, we go out there and man, we rent these razors. And it was everything that they explained. I mean, we're going 60 miles an hour down these straight straightaways on the dirt, dust flying. We got our goggles on. Can't hardly even breathe. But man, it was amazing. We're going over rocks. We go down this, uh, down this trail. And it's, it, it's I'm, I don't say this, I say this as a noun because it's a place. It was called Hell's Revenge. And I'm like, okay, Hell's Revenge. Hell's a pretty bad place. This is its revenge. <laughs> Whew, let's do it. So we get, on this, we, get, we get on this rock, and listen, we're on this rock, and this rock comes up to a point. I wish I had a picture of it, but I don't because I couldn't drive and, and film at the same time. But anyway, so it comes up to this point, and it flattens out. And on both sides, it's like, it's like 65 feet down rock cliff down to the bottom on this side. Then it goes up to a mountain on this side, and then it just goes... I don't know how far it goes on the left. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. And that's the first obstacle that you go onto. And so I'm like, okay, let's do this, you know. And, and the cool thing is, like in Moab, you can ride the razors all around town. They've got blinkers on them and license plates. It's just like, sweet. And so we get up there. And I'm telling you, and I get up on that thing. And I'm like looking on both sides like I'm going to fall off. Like, this is going to, and, and I think Chevis was riding with me. He's like, dude, you got it, dude. Don't even worry about it. Just say the name Chevis. That's just a fun name to say. One, two, three, Chevis. And so we're on, man, I'm going to send him the recording of this. And he's going to love it. So anyway, and so we're, we're riding on this thing. He's like, dude, you got it, dude, you got it. I'm looking at, I'm like, I don't know if I got it. And he's like, dude, you got it. And so we get through it and we get on the other side. And it's probably like 100 uh, yards long, like a size, you know, the, the length of a football field, these rocks. And we get to the other side and I'm like, Let's do anything that we come across. And so we did almost anything that we came across because it, it, I was a little scared. But anyway, so we go on these, we're going through this dragon's tail or dragon's back or just the dragon. I don't know what it is. And so it's going through these rocks and crevices. We're going around. It was amazing. It was everything and more that Chevis and Robbie told me about, man. And we just had a blast. Man, it was so super cool because when they told me about it I could not wait to experience it myself and I was thinking like in the midwest like how could it, it's not really that cool over there I mean it's like look at Georgia they got the greenery going to the desert and then they start pumping it up and they start talking about it and I'm like okay let's go and man it was just amazing and man you probably had experiences like that you remember that first time that you if you went to Disney World you went to Disney World and you've heard all about it and you've seen all the shows and you're like oh I can't it's the most magical place on earth and and then you you get there and you can't explain it and then you come back and you want to share it to everybody and want it to tell want to tell everybody that's how it's supposed to be like we get so excited we can't help but tell now check it out we get to the book of John and we 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 are reading in John chapter 1 where Jesus is calling the first 
disciples. Now, in the first part of the uh, in the first part of the section thirty five through forty two, this is some of the or forty three. You see these. You've read these before. You've read these verses before. You've heard these verses before. Forty two. Excuse me. Thirty five through forty two. You've heard these before of the calling of John and James and Peter and Andrew. You've heard these. You know, Jesus walks up to them. They're cleaning their nets, and Jesus says, "Come follow me." And they drop everything and they go follow Jesus. And, and Jesus does the same thing to uh, James and John, and they drop their nets, and they start following Jesus. It was pretty awesome. It was like, Jesus walks up, come follow me, and they go. Now, and then John goes and writes one of the Gospels, which is one of my favorite. I'm not saying it is the favorite, but it is one of my favorite books of the Scriptures, because when John writes about Jesus, you see it oftentimes in the book of John, where he says, the disciple whom Jesus loved. When you see that, that really means he's talking about himself. Because John was Jesus' best friend. And so when you read the book of John, you read it as a best friend talks about a best friend. And you see the love and you see the encouragement and you see the heartbeat of Jesus through a best friend's picture. And so John talks about his calling right at the beginning. And then he starts to talk about two other people being called out. And that's where we're going to hang out today. This is the part where we kind of, we, we read and we hang out on John the Baptist, or excuse me, John and James and Peter and Andrew. We hang out on there and we really talk about it and we talk about leaving everything behind and that's really cool. It's, 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 it's really, really cool. But we get to this next section and we just go, okay, we'll skip it and we'll go to Jesus changed water into wine, that kind of thing. It's like, okay. So, today... We're going to talk about these few verses, starting in verse 43 and moving on to 51. Just a few verses. And I'm going to talk about it, we're going to read it, and we're going to you know, break it apart and see how it applies to us and see what God wants to show us this morning. God has you here for a reason. And I pray that you see something huge this morning. Starting in verse 43. The next day, time out, what happened the day before, those guys got called. He woke up and went the next day, so that's what he's talking. Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, someone tell me what he said, two words. Follow me. Just like he told the other four, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote about, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And so they come to Nathanael. And they're telling him, Look, we found the Messiah. We found the Savior. You come and see. Man, you, you, got, you got to come. And then... He kind of has this look on his face, Nathaniel does, and he says these words. He says, Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Now, you need to understand the significance of Nazareth. Listen, here's the significance. There's no significance. Nazareth had nothing. There was nothing there. That would, there was nothing big. There was no big, huge trade. There was no big industry that came out. There was nothing. That nobody. It was just kind of a town you passed through. It would be like Smyrna. There's nothing big in Smyrna. You just go through Smyrna. It's like, it's, it's like it would be like saying, Nazareth? What do you mean, Nazareth? Like, n- nothing good comes from Nazareth. And Philip just looks at him and says, come and see. Come and see. So I want to paint this picture, trying to put it in perspective, and let's keep on going. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said, 
Here is a true Israelite in whom there is nothing false. So Jesus walks up, and you know it's Jesus' words because they're in red letters. And so Jesus walks up. That was a little joke, but thanks, Daniel. I know I get a courtesy laugh. That was where that courtesy laugh comes. <laughs> anyway, so here is a true Israelite in whom there's nothing false. And then Nathaniel responds with, wait a second, how do you know me? Now, if we were to pause and we were to time out for a second, his response is like, whoa. Because he's going, how, how do you know me? The way he's saying, how do you know me? And we read that and we go, he's just saying, how do you know who I am? Because Jesus is saying this. In my mind's eye, I don't see Jesus as this, this tyrant, this big, huge dude that's just like, oh, here's a true Israelite, everybody, whom there's nothing false. Like he's not like, and he's not being frail like, Oh, there's a true Israelite. There's nothing false in that guy. No, like, no. I really, truly think Jesus was saying this in a way of like, he's joyful. And almost like in a sarcastic kind of way, he's got a smile on his face. And he goes, "There, right there is a true Israelite. There's nothing false in that dude. And what happens is when Nathaniel says, how do you know me? The way he says that, He's saying that like, that dude just read my thoughts. That dude, how do you know me? Like, you, you just told me something I was thinking, and we don't know what he was thinking. He could have been talking about or thinking about how he's trying to step up his game and as a Jew or whatever. He's, he's trying to think about all these different things. We don't know what he's thinking about, but Jesus just read his mind. And that's the response he gives. How do you know me? And Jesus answered, again, smile on his face. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. And he's going, wait a second. Nathaniel goes, Rabbi, teacher, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. So, because he says this and he exclaims this and he puts it out there because not only did Jesus read his mind, he knew where he was sitting while he was thinking about it. And Jesus wasn't around. Jesus wasn't standing there kind of spying on him. Jesus saw him, heard his thoughts, and saw where he was when he was thinking him. And at that moment, Nathaniel declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus, again, smile on his face. He says, do you believe? Because I told you and I saw you. I told you I saw you under the fig tree. And he kind of, again, in my mind's eye, he kind of shakes his hand. He says, you'll see things way greater than that. He said, I tell you the truth. You guys, and that's kind of plural in the, uh, the Greek, he says, you guys shall see heaven open and the angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. He's kind of putting a picture of Jacob's ladder back in Genesis 28 where Jacob had this vision and this dream of, of angels coming up and down this ladder as the connection point of, of heaven and earth and, and, and sharing the things. And he says, no, no, I'm going to put that. You, you might think about angels ascending and descending like in Jacob's ladder. No, no, no. Well, I push the ladder down. It's me. 
You see angels ascending and descending on me because it's all about me because I am the son of man. Jesus, this is one of Jesus' favorite phrases. He uses it 80 times in the Gospels. We see it 80 times in the Gospels that he calls himself the son of man. And he says, look, it's, it's about me. You ain't seen nothing yet, Nathaniel. You think that's awesome? You ain't seen nothing yet. And we go, man, this is an awesome picture of what Jesus has done. This is an awesome picture of what friends do to bring other friends. But let me see if if we were to look at this and you were to put yourself in this picture. How would you put yourself in this picture? Right off the bat, we see one thing. We see one thing. Jesus comes up to Philip and says, follow me. Jesus changed, radically changed Philip's world. Philip radically changed, or Jesus radically changed Philip's world. At that time, let me give a little history lesson real quick. At that time, when Jewish boys would turn about 14, now all Jewish boys would go and memorize the Old Testament. They memorized the Pentateuch. They could memorize, they, they could say the whole first five books of the Old Testament. I mean, they, you think memorizing things and stuff was hard. Imagine being a Jewish boy at this time. You're memorizing five books of the Bible. And these aren't like short books like Philippians or James or Titus or 1 John or 2 John. Like these are long books of the Scripture. And so they memorize this stuff and they've been in school. What would happen, it would come to the age of 14. And what they would do is if they were found worthy enough by the priest, if they were found worthy enough by the priest, they would go find a priest and they would become a word. If I'm saying this correctly, I hope I am. Talmudim. Can y'all say that with me? Talmudim. Let's try it one more time. Talmudim. And so what they would do is they would become a Talmudim. Now, let me explain what a Talmudim was. A Talmudim would go and find a priest... And they would follow this priest around. And they would do exactly what this priest would do. If this priest had a limp, this Talmudim would walk with a limp. If this priest ate broccoli and cheese soup every day for lunch, the Talmudim would eat broccoli and cheese soup for lunch. If the priest had a bowl cut... Maybe it would happen. Man, the Talmudim would get a bowl cut. Man, this Talmudim would do everything. If the priest had a lisp, listen, if the priest had a lisp, the Talmudim would have a lisp. They would be exactly like the priest. And this was the saying for the Talmudim. May you be covered by the dust of your rabbi. May you be covered by the dust of your rabbi. And what that means is, man, you're following so close and following behind and you're watching everything that the teacher does. You're watching everything because you found that guy and you want to be just like him and you want to be covered in the dust because you want to be just like him. And so that was the Talmudim. But then there was another track. There was another track. They did the schooling. They memorized the the verses. And so they got to a stage, but it wasn't like, it wasn't for them. And so they would go off on another track and they would be tradespeople, tradesmen. They would go and, and they would be horseshoers and metal workers and tax collectors and jewelers. And, and they, they would have a trade. They would be bakers and candlestick makers. Anyway, they would do all these trades. 
And so that's, that's the backstory, the Talmudim. You need to understand this is so important to what happened in Philip and even the other disciples' heartbeats. This, in their worlds, this moment changed and it was so different on what Jesus did. Check it out. We see this back in verse 38. We see this in verse 38. Someone tell me what the guys called Jesus. Someone tell me that word. Verse 38 of uh, chapter 1 starts with an R. Rabbi. Rabbi. Which means teacher. Do you get it? Do you see it? Jesus went to these guys who didn't go and follow like the Talmud and follow a priest. Jesus went to them and called them out and said, Come follow me. And then may you be covered by the dust of your rabbi. Their lives were changed forever because Jesus called them out. They didn't go search Jesus out. They, they were called out by the rabbi. They were called out by the king. And check it out. So Philip gets called out. And man, he gets excited. He gets excited. Because he's saying, man, I just got called out along with my friends. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And so he goes and finds Nathaniel. So if you're in this place and you've been called out by Jesus, Jesus has called you by name and he called you and you've made him your Lord and Savior. Check this out. Check this out. You have a responsibility, number one, to go. To go. If you are taking notes, you have a responsibility, number one, to go. Look at what Philip did. Verse 45, Philip found Nathanael. He was so hyped up. He was so stoked. He was so excited about what Jesus had just done. He called me out, and you've got to meet my friend. He goes to him. He sees him, and he runs to him, finds him. And not only did he find him, he tells him. Number two, he tells him. What should we do? Jesus has found us. We have a responsibility to go, and not only do we go, we go and tell we go and tell. And he says, look, look, we found the one whom the prophets wrote about, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And then he says, come and see. You just got to come and see. You just got to come and see. Even in their skepticism, in Nathaniel's skepticism, even in your friend's skepticism, if you're excited about Jesus and you go and tell, there might be some skepticism. If you go and you're on the mission field and you're going and serving, there might be some skepticism where people go, what? I can't see this God, but you're telling me I got to invite him in my heart? That doesn't make any sense. And you're saying, come and see. Just come and see. Come and see. And that's the same way Philip was. Come and see. You've got to come and see. So you go. And not only do you tell, you watch what Jesus does. You watch what Jesus does. For Nathaniel, Jesus tells Nathaniel everything in that moment that he needed to hear. He says, I know your thoughts and I know where you're at. And you're going to see greater things than that. Man, if we love our friends enough 
to go and tell and just watch what Jesus will do. Watch what the king will do. Watch what the teacher will do. Watch what the Messiah will do. If we have faith in what he did in our lives, the Messiah is going to call them out as well. The Messiah is going to say, come, follow me. And your friends are just waiting for you just to go, man, I got to tell you, this is exciting. This, this is a big deal. This is something that I need to tell you. This is, man, it's changed my life. You got it. Just come and see. Just come and see what he's done. Come and see who he is. Come and see. And just sit back and just, just for a second. You don't want to like go 10 feet away from him. You just want to kind of step back and go, what? okay, God, here he is. And that, the guy goes and says, what, what do you mean? And God just shows up in their lives. And then what happens? What do we see? We see this in verse 51. I tell you the truth, you shall see heaven open and the angels of of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. So you go and you tell and you watch and you experience Jesus together. You experience Jesus together. It's not like one of those things where you you go and you're you're excited and you tell someone about Jesus and then and and then you just watch as as God unfolds Himself and shows Himself in their life and you go all right peace out see you have fun. No, we said we're going to do this together. I'm going to walk together with you. We're going to walk in this together as we, as we see who Jesus is. Man, we're going to watch him do things that are so unbelievably big that we can't even explain it. We, we can't grasp it in our minds. That's how big God is through Jesus, his son, that he is God and he is the son of God. And not only is he son of God, he is the son of man. And he can do anything he wants at any time he wants. And he has called us out. And my question to you this morning, my question to me this morning is, are we excited about that call? Because just as, as we get excited about uh, places and experiences and things, man, we should be, if God has truly changed our lives, we should be pumped up about that. We should be excited to tell our friends. We should be, that should be the first thing that people see in us. Man, there's something different about you. I don't know what it is. I, I, I can't put my finger on it. And you're sitting there thinking, it's just Jesus. It's just Jesus. There's no other reason but Jesus. And let me, can I, can, I, can I introduce you to my friend? Come and see how awesome Jesus is. Come and see. And they're going, ah, I don't know. I can't see him. It's not like this microphone where I can, I can touch it and I can see it like it's right in front of me. Jesus isn't like that. But here's the deal. You experience him in your hearts and he comes in and he changes you from the inside out and makes you a new person because he wants you to be holy. He wants to be uh, righteous and you're made righteous in him because of what he's done on the cross. And so my question this morning is, are you excited about that? And my hope is that you are. Because here's the deal. I'll say this and we'll close. Imagine if, just imagine. Imagine what would happen to STS. Imagine what would happen to Church of the Apostles. Okay, we got that out of the way. But imagine what would happen in your life 
Imagine what God will show you. Because here's the deal. You experience something awesome one time, and you share it with someone one time, and then they do it, man, you're both excited. A couple months ago, I found out one of our students had been to Moab as well. When they got back to church the next week, and I saw them post a picture, and I was like, oh, they've been to Moab too. And then I saw them. And then we like had a little jumping excitement moment. Like, you've been to Moab, I have too. You remember when that? Yeah. <laughs> and you join in that together. You join in that together. Imagine if that was what it was like with us and Jesus. Imagine if we got that excited. Man, you know Jesus too? Man, let's tell others. Let's share it with others and let them experience Jesus too. Imagine what that would look like. It would be amazing. And this summer, we're going to give you opportunities for that. We've got service projects and we've got hangout times. We've got a smattering of everything and we want you to be a part. Here's the deal. Not for us. Not for us. It's about you. We want you to experience Jesus. We want God to do big things in and through you. Let's pray together. Thank you for listening. You can check out other messages of this and other series at stsalana.org slash podcast. Have a blessed day and hope to see you soon in the next